according to Sun Tzu, right? 不战而屈人之兵 right? The best way to solve problem is definitely not through a war, and I'm sure CCP is very well aware of that as well. Hello again, and welcome to Perspectives with Nilo, a regular podcast that brings you news and views from around the world. In this episode, we bring you part three in our mini series on Taiwan's 2024 presidential election, and we focus on the Guomindang or KMT party and their presidential candidate Hou Youyi. All of our past episodes on Taiwan's election are available on our blog site at pwnilo.com or by searching for Perspectives with Nilo on your favorite podcast app. As we mentioned previously, this election outcome will likely have profound implications for Taiwan, as it will set the tone for how authoritarian China, who claim Taiwan as their sovereign territory, will advance their expansionist agenda in the future. The KMT, our blue party, originally held power in China in the early 1900s, but retreated to Taiwan in 1949 under the leadership of Chiang Kai-shek, following defeat by the communists in the civil war. Chiang Kai-shek declared martial law and retained authoritarian rule over Taiwan until democratic reforms were enacted in the 1980s. The KMT's primary political rival in Taiwan are the DPP, our Green Party, whom we've covered in the previous episode. Under the KMT presidency of Ma Ying-jeou from 2008 to 2016, the KMT significantly loosened restrictions on cross-strait economic and cultural exchanges, and in general are known to favor closer relations with the PRC. In fact, Hou Yui, in his election campaigning, has recently talked of reviving the cross-strait service trade agreement negotiated with China under Ma Ying-jeou. However, the CSSTA was never ratified in Taiwan due to widespread public protests in what became known as the Sunflower Movement. Our guest in this episode is Brian Ting. He is a Republic of China Legislator at Large candidate and KMT Young Leadership Committee member. He is also a National Policy Foundation Sun Yun-shuan Scholar and former Special Assistant at the KMT USA Representative Office. We met him on November 22nd, just prior to the conclusion of the KMT TPP Alliance discussions, to talk about Hou Yui's background, his policies on energy, foreign relations, and much more. So Brian, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. My pleasure.、Uh, let me start by asking you、uh, a little bit about Hou Youyi,、yes. who is the KMT candidate. Can you tell us a little bit about his background before he entered politics、uh, and and about himself? Well, Mayor Hou has always been a tremendous, brilliant police officers. You know, like、um, as you could see on his resume, he served as the Director General of the National Police Agency, and he was. Also, the principal of the number one police academy here in ROC in Taiwan, and he actually dealt with a lot of、um, uh, when you say gangsters, mafia, and those were actually、uh, world news headlines too. Yeah,、okay. so he definitely has a really great and solid police force background. And、uh, as everybody know, that ever since 2010. He's been serving with the current KMT chairman Chu at New Taipei City ever since. And what part of Taiwan did he grow up in? North, south, east, or west? Which part of Taiwan? In the south, actually, Jiayi. Okay. Yeah, it's a beautiful place that has really, really good goat, sheep, milk. Okay. Yeah. 
How was he uh, selected as the candidate for the KMT? Were there many other candidates involved or did you have an internal um, kind of ballot? How, how was he selected as your candidate for the presidential election? Well, he was basically um, selected by the whole KMT members through Chun uh, Dai Hui of uh, January 23rd, 2023. Yeah, that's actually, uh, it's an annual meeting for the entire KMT members. And um, yeah. So you had an internal ballot. And were there many other candidates? Um, actually, he was the uh, one that got appointed by Chairman Chu directly. Yeah, he basically got what we call in Chinese, Zhen uh, Zhao. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I'd like to know a little bit, or maybe listeners would like to know a little bit about the, uh, his main policies. What are the things he's passionate about? Oh, he's passionate in everything. Um, in Chinese, what we call it everything, anything you could think of, right? That as long as it brings people's life better, it gives the energy to people. So um, food, right? F&B industry, national defense, energy, everything, everything. We care about Taiwan. We care about the Republic of China. We care about the world. So we wanted to make sure everything is actually on spot. Does he have priorities, though? That's a lot of things, right, he could be working on. Does he have uh, main priorities that he's, we will focus more time on? Yeah, I think um, the main priority is definitely to actually keep Taiwan safe, right? Stability and everything. And um, uh, like I said, ming yi shi wei tian. So basically, people rely on food, right? I mean, I always like to use this analogy, election, right? I mean, in Taiwan, we love baseball. The equivalent would probably be like football to European, right? I mean, it's great, right, that every World Cup, those people that fight for their country, right, whether you're representing France or Ireland, right, uh, Robbie King back then, right, I was a good fan of him. Um, but back until when the World Cup's finished, he still has to, you know, play for, I think he used to play for Manchester United as well for a period of time, right? He has to live, right? Yeah, so people's got to put food on their table. Right, so I think uh, Mayor Ho's number one priority is definitely how to put decent and good meal on people's table, which means economy, right, prosperity. I also want to ask you about maybe power and energy because yes. the green transition is on a lot of uh, countries' minds around the world right now. So uh, on the question of power and energy, um, I believe the KMT supports nuclear power and the restarting of the Gongliao nuclear reactor number four, which is located in uh, New Taipei City, uh, close to Taipei City in the north of Taiwan. So what, what's the KMT's green energy transition plan for Taiwan, just from a high level? Yeah, basically anything, everything that can power Taiwan on a green level, we support it, yeah. But uh, do you have a plan to like transition over from fossil fuels, uh, coal, gas, oil? Do you have a timeline for that, just again, high level? Well, like um, President Ho actually, well, sorry, not President Ho yet, but Mayor Ho mentioned that, um, you know, he actually has a timeline and it's actually step by step, right? So last week when I got a chance to be the MC and interview him um, in front of media here in Taiwan. He has a timeline for 2025, 2030, 2035. It's actually step by step, right? And uh, this definitely needs to be continued even after he get done with his presidency if he get elected right next year. So it's, um, it's a long process, right? But Rome wasn't built in a day, right? It takes time.
So my, my understanding is you will uh, keep the nuclear option on the table for, for a while if you need it yeah, as you transition into more green energy. Yeah, basically anything that can, like I said, right, power Taiwan on a very environmental friendly environment. Yeah, process. Um, t talking about the, the military then, uh, we, we've seen under uh, DPP President Tsai Ing-wen uh, the compulsory military service term for Taiwanese has been increased from four months to a year, starting in 2024. Uh, critics say that Taiwan's military still needs a lot of improvement. Uh, and so I wanted to ask you, does Hoyui have plans to address that topic and uh, more investment in the military, more training and so on? Well, like... Chairman Chu first said, right, last year, the 2D strategy, right, defense and dialogue, mm -hmm. right, um, to continue dialogue to prevent war, but also to equip ourselves to prepare for the wars, right? And as we discussed earlier, actually, Mayor Ho has a upgrade, what I call a 2.0 version of that, which is dialogue, deterrence, and de-escalation, which is also on the same direction as men. Chairman Chu mentioned last year. So all those are the best answer that we have, actually. And it's actually the most um, suitable to actually enhance our military defense. So you will, if, uh, if Mayor Ho becomes president, he will continue to invest in the military and beef up the capability. Absolutely. So, so back to that double D or triple D strategy you mentioned, um, I guess on the topic of relations with China, uh, former KMT President Ma Ying-jeou visited China earlier in yes. 2023, and he's been quoted as saying that this election is a choice between peace or war. Uh, and as you pointed out, the party strategy does include a deterrence or defense option. So... <clears throat> I, I, my question is, does this, does this kind of double D or triple D strategy, does it conflict with uh, that idea that Ma Ying-jeou is talking about of peace or war? It seems like, it, it seems like two different approaches uh, to the topic. I think it definitely flows with it, actually. And uh, to be exact, he visited mainland China in April of 2023 during um, the Tomb Festival. Um, for the first time ever in his uh, 70 plus years lifetime. And um, I think what he meant by peace or war, right? I mean, cause you could define war, right? I mean, Chris Miller, chips war, right? Economy war, even sports war, right? I mean, during Olympics, we, Taiwan, Republic of China, we're not allowed to use our flag, right? Cause of China. I think that's a, an act of war on sportsmanship too, which is very, very disrespectful. And it shouldn't be like that, right? And um, I believe that it's what I interpret, the stable versus unstable, right? The past seven and a half years, the relationship between Taiwan and mainland China, cross-strait, right? CCP or Republic of China, however way you wanted to put it, it's definitely very unstable, right? Economy-wise, right? And then the students couldn't really go back and forth, especially during COVID. People from Taiwan that actually lives in Shanghai can't even come back because of like political issues. So this definitely needs to be de-escalated. And, and definitely though, the ones ramping up that instability or pressure uh, and, and causing the tension seem to me, or, or from the outside view, seem to be the CCP or, or, the, or their uh, military wing, the PLA. Uh, you know, there's um, 
they're constantly sending aircraft into your ADs, uh, they're having military drills around the island, they're cutting your cables to your outlying islands of Matsu and so on, they have incessant cyber attacks, you know, building the pressure all the time. How, how would Hoyoe plan to diffuse that kind of tension? Like Mayor Ho actually mentioned this uh, not too long ago, I think it was just last week, right? I mean, China been sending over 4,000 fighter jets of this year already and it's uh, I know it's almost end of the year but by November there's 4,000 fighter jets so he actually stayed in very confident fashion that when he get elected he will turn those 4,000 fighter jets into 4,000 commercial jets and that's what we want right he didn't say how he will do it well this definitely takes dialogue Right. I think dialogue is definitely the only way because we all know, right, war is just an extension of political issue. Right. So according to Sun Tzu, right, right, the best way to solve problem is definitely not through a war. And I'm sure CCP is very well aware of that as well. Do you think uh, potential projects like the CCP's proposed Taiwan Fujian Development Plan, which they recently announced, are, are sincere attempts by the CCP to find a way forward? Or is, is it something more sinister? You know, what, what, do you, what do the KMT and Hoi think of that, those type of plans? Um, I think personally, I think this is actually a very, very good way to actually bound the relationship again, right? To actually create that bond, right? It's, um, I think it's actually a very peaceful way. And of course, the DPP is gonna start bashing, oh, KMT's uh, pro-CCP, pro-China, right? And they're trying to actually sell Taiwan, but that's not true. If that's the case, my grandfather wouldn't left mainland China to come to Taiwan with Chiang Kai-shek to find that freedom and democracy, right? He might as well just stay there, right? KMT is the one that actually safeguarded and founded the freedom and democracy here in Asia for the first time ever, right? Republic of China in 1911. And we actually formed the United Nations, right, in 1945, along with the US, Soviet Union at that time, uh, the UK, and also France, right? We're the only Asian representative. So we actually cherish freedom and democracy more than anyone else, right? So this actually, Fujian, it's actually an act of freedom and democracy. Because when they come, they try to definitely, you know, bring the CCP mentality, right? Um, communism and all that. And ROC, we believe in freedom and democracy. Hey, we can actually share that back with them, right? So in 2008, 2016, when President Mao was president, I remember the 24-hour bookstore as lead in Xingyi District near Taipei 101. I vividly saw two mainlander they were fighting, they were literally fighting for one book, Chiang Kai-shek. Yeah, so do they want to know the truth? Of course they wanted to know the truth. So I think linking that is actually a great bridge to actually connect both mainland and ROC people together. So Yeah, I, I suppose the question that will come to mind would be if, uh, if, the, if uh, the PRC or the CCP mm -hmm. can uh, allow a democracy to coexist uh, in, in this area, if, in, right. in a kind of a part, in a kind of a, what they used to call one country, two systems, because uh, Hong Kong revealed that maybe this one country, two systems is something they no longer agree with, right? Based on what, how they have treated Hong Kong with their national security law and so on. Hong Kong doesn't have army or air force to protect their rights. We do. 
Yeah, and uh, I think also uh, another great point is that in the past 74 years, we've been here in Taiwan, right? And DTP, I mean DPP, Democratic Progressive Party, right? If they really want people in general, because to me it sounds like they're actually uh, try to segregate mainlander and Taiwanese. Oh, they don't know what freedom and democracy, but that's not true. I mean, you shouldn't only let 23.5 million people to enjoy the freedom and democracy. What about the 1.5 billion people? They also have the rights to believe and deserve that. It's like Maslow's hierarchy, right? The basic needs, freedom, food, water, air. They're not really getting that right now. Yeah. All right. So maybe to move on to uh, to trade then, um, uh, when it comes to trade, some governments around the world are advocating de-risking and diversification of trade yes. with authoritarian regimes like the CCP because of their economic coercion tactics. I noticed that uh, Taiwan's total trade with China is in the region of 40 percent when oh, you yeah. include Hong Kong. Um, in terms of economic security, is this a concern? And if it is, uh, how does Ho Yui plan, or uh, what does he plan to do about it? See, uh, the big picture is that CCP, KMT, or even DPP, I'm sure, right? We all want people to live well, right? And we want ROC to live well, right? Even though CCP doesn't recognize that anymore, right? But we still want the majority Chinese people, the 1.5 billion people, including the 23 million people, to have a prosperity life, right? Mm -hmm. To have a... A happy life right so definitely economy right this is actually um, no kidding right everybody needs to know how to put food on their table right to feed right election is great right it's like a, like I mentioned earlier it's like a football match it's excited but after that how can you put food on the table that's a daily job to Hoyoe right and he definitely has a lot of great strategies already to how to put that on the table once he get elected in January 2024. Uh, in regards to the uh, the upcoming election that you mentioned, uh, recently the KMT have announced a possible alliance with the TPP. I know so far uh, there's been a lot of uh, back and forth on the agreement. Um, and some commentators online have said that, you know, because the KMT and the TPP haven't been able to reach agreement on an alliance, yes. at least so far, it kind of doesn't, you know, it, it's not a good sign if you were to enter government together uh, because, well, if you can't s uh, reach agreement on the alliance, how can you uh, agree on policies yes. in government? What, what's, what's, uh, what are your thoughts on that? 60% of the people living in Taiwan, uh, the ROC citizens, want a new party. Right, and according to America, right, I mean, you got the GOP, the Republican, mm -hmm. and also the Democrat, right? No matter how well you do, once you actually hit a bottom rock, you have to actually step down, right? You have to switch, that's mm -hmm. um, democracy, right? I mean, if the same party continue, then what's the difference between Taiwan and mainland China, right? Um, if DPP keep continue doing that, it's definitely not a good sign because in the past seven and a half years, they lost nine countries. And what I mean by nine countries that those nine countries were actually friends with us that recognized us, but now they only recognize CCP, right? In the past two, three years, they actually block um, the shots, right? The mask during COVID-19 and everything. So 
it's time for them to actually take a break, right? So it definitely needs a great, what we call the KMT representing the blue, right? Uh, TPP representing white, a blue-white coalition, a united government, right? That's the 60% majority people here in Taiwan want. So we should definitely work towards that goal, you know, to give everything we can, to give the best we got, right? I mean, I'm sure, you know, that we all gave some, but some gave all. So we're giving everything we could. Chairman Chu's working on that. Ho Yi's working on that. And I'm sure Cohen's is working on that because we all want the best for Taiwan and for the world as well. So um, I think this is actually um, a great united government to actually have a head start. And hopefully it can be completed by the end of this week. So Ho Yi hasn't yet announced a running mate because you're, you're still, I guess, uh in discussions, yeah. is that right? We uh, we give the we give out the olive, right? We wanted to make sure that the olive uh, branch, yep, olive branch to make sure that Cohen's uh, understands that and um, to show that we wanted to embrace him and we wanted to embrace Taiwan together with him. So we're talking today on the twenty second. So by Friday, that's the deadline, that's right? The deadline. Yes. To register, actually. Okay. <laughs> so by that date, uh, you will finalize, the, I guess, the discussion on on the alliance and uh, and decide on the running mate for Hoyui or whatever the arrangement is, right? Uh, it has been a roller coaster ride for everyone, right? So I hope uh, as soon as possible, right? <laughs> uh, so so currently the polls, just looking at the polls, they do show uh, William Lai of the DPP in the lead. He has about 31%. Uh, KMT is second with 22.47%. Uh, and TPP uh, are running at about uh, 22%. This is a large, there's a large undecided group of about 16.5%. Uh, how do you think uh, Ho Yui and the KMT can convey them to support uh, you? Um, like I mentioned earlier, right, um, I mentioned 60% of Taiwanese people won new party, right? So I guess according to that, we were just being humble because DPP only got 31, 32%, right? So it's probably more than 60%. So well, there was a large undecided uh, percentage, as, well. as we're saying. Yeah, as well. Yeah. So um, we have great confidence that we can turn those swingers into our side because People want a better life, right? And um, in terms of like strategies, um, I think um, just continue what we've been doing in the past 129 years. Because when KMT founded in 1894, like I mentioned, the very first democracy republic in Asia that we founded, right? And we also fought along with um, most free countries mm -hmm. against mm -hmm. Axis power during World War II, right? To bring the peace back to the world. Right, and even form a modern peace, right? United Nations and all that. And I'm sure everybody knows TSMC, right? Um, even uh, Terry Gao's uh, Foxconn, those are great, or NVIDIA, right? Those are like the big major player to the world economy right now, driving force, right? So without KMT, we wouldn't have Morris Chang founded um, TSMC. Uh, I, actually, one of my uh, title is actually Sun Yunshun Scholar with the KMT Think Tank. Sun Yunshun was actually the premier that actually got Morris Chang on board back to Taiwan to founded ROC, TSMC. And without President Zhang Jingguo's help, this wouldn't happen, right? So they basically gave their all, you know, to contribute to the world economy. So like I said, you know, 
KMT is the one being contributing not only just to Taiwan, not only just to the Republic of China, to the world. Continue to tell now, right? More than 70% of the chips comes from TSMC. So KMT has been doing a tremendous job in the past 129 years, not only just because I represent KMT. It's true. It's on Wikipedia too. It's the history book too. Yeah, so we just need to continue the good work that we've been doing. So maybe you've already answered my final question, which was, uh, you know, does HoYui have any message for other countries around the world uh, on how they can support our work together with Taiwan for the future? Yeah, I think uh, we definitely need everyone's help, right? Because united we stand, because we all cherish freedom, democracy. So I think only five countries in the world are uh, communist and the rest, um, they all believe in besides communists, right? So um, continue work together because united we stand, and then we'll keep thriving and make the world at peace at all time. That's the goal. That's Brian Ting from Taiwan's KMT Party. He's a National Policy Foundation Sun Yun-shuen scholar and former special assistant at the KMT USA representative office. My sincere thanks to Brian for taking the time to chat with us during this very busy election season. After our interview, the KMT and TPP failed to form an alliance by the registration deadline, and Ho Yui officially named Zhao Shao Kong as his vice presidential running mate, a move interpreted by many critics as a clear pro-China shift. Zhao is a conservative talk show host and media tycoon. He previously participated in Taiwan's politics in the 80s and 90s, and describes himself as being deep blue or pro-China unification. Pre-election disclosures also reveal that he is the wealthiest candidate in the running. At the time of recording, the latest Taiwan News poll of polls compiled by Courtney Donovan-Smith shows DPP candidate William Lai leading at 34%, with KMT candidate Ho Yui in second place at 29.5%. Ko Wenzhou of the TPP is in third place at 21.8%, and there's an undecided grouping of 12%. We've linked the Taiwan News Poll of Polls and additional information in the Dive Deeper section of our blog at pwnilo.com. I'd also like to add that we did invite a representative from the TPP for an interview. We visited their office and exchanged several emails, but eventually they declined. While this is the final episode in our three-part mini-series, we certainly hope to bring you additional coverage as the election date of January 13th comes closer. If there's one takeaway from all we've heard so far, it's that Taiwan's fiercely competitive elections underscore the country's commitment to democratic ideals and self-determination, even in the face of incessant bullying and a myriad of grey zone tactics from the Chinese Communist Party. As Taiwan fights on the front line to defend its democracy, we hope that democratic allies everywhere will lend their support to ensure its resilience and future success. And that's where we leave it for now. Feel free to share, like and follow us on your favorite social media platform. And as always, thank you for listening. Slán Lux